السلام عليك يا أبا عبد الله السلام عليك يا ابن رسول الله السلام عليك يا خيرة الله وابن خيرته السلام عليك يا ابن الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على سيدنا محمد وآله الطاهرين السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته and welcome to episode number one of this podcast series of reflections on Ziyarat Ashura brought to you by Mizan Institute in which we look to have short commentaries on different parts of this Ziyarat. Ziyarat Ashura is a famous Ziyarat, of course, uh, to be recited on the 10th of Muharram, uh, but it is also recited throughout the month of Muharram and throughout the year, actually. And this is something that our scholars, our greats have emphasized on and have listed many benefits for. When we recite this ziyarah, we find different uh, topics, different discussions that come up in it um, related to, for example, history, related to beliefs, related to la'an, related to uh, dua and certain things that we ask Allah for, related to even Mahdiism or Mahdawiyyah, you know, uh, the part where it speaks of the one to come who avenges and will avenge the death of Imam Hussein alayhi salam. For example, for history, like you'll have names that are mentioned. Uh, for example, Alu Ziyad, Alu Marwan, uh, Ibn Marjana, and these people, and these types of uh, individuals. And so, what we want to do, inshallah, is uh, shed as much light as we can on these different parts of the ziyara, so that when the brothers and sisters recite this ziyara, they do it with more understanding and with a better idea of what exactly is going on. Having said that uh, short introduction, let us begin with the famous line that Ziyarat Ashura begins with, Assalamu alaikum ya Aba Abdullah. So in Islam, to greet your fellow brother or sister is of the utmost importance. And um, this is something that we all know of. The Quran speaks of greeting each other. That when you, The Quran says that when you are greeted to respond either the same way you were greeted or even in a better fashion. So for example, they say that if someone says assalamu alaikum to you, for you to say wa alaikum assalam at least, if not more than that by saying wa alaikum assalam wa rahmatullah or even adding wa barakatuh to the end of it. So we all know that this is the way that Muslims greet each other with assalamu alaikum. Now I don't want to get into the hadiths that speak of the rewards um, of saying salam to each other. I'm pretty sure that the brothers and sisters are already aware of how much reward is given to those who uh, do who say salam, especially the ones who initiate the salam and are the first to say salam to others versus those who only respond to other people's salams. Um, there's just one hadith I do want to mention here, um, and that is a famous one. That the Holy Prophet has said that Salam is one of the names of Allah. So, Afshu as Salama Bainakum. Do Ifsha of Salam amongst yourselves. Meaning what? Meaning, say it out loud to each other. Don't whisper it. Make it a public thing. When you say Salam to each other, when you send peace upon each other, this is something good. It seems that Islam is trying to uh, make this part of its culture that people, when they reach each other, they say Salam to each other. 
in, in, a, in a way that others can hear and it's not something that you hide. So that is one little point that I wanted to make regarding salam in general. There are two more points that I want to make here. Number one is, and this will kind of you know have something to do with our beliefs. When we say salam to someone, of course, and this is something that is not peculiar to the Muslims, this is in general, you greet somebody who is alive and can hear you. When we say salam to someone, we are assuming that they are alive and they can hear us. And so when it comes to our imams who have passed away, when we say salam to them, in the back of our minds, of course, we believe that this imam is alive. He can hear me. Just because he has left this dunya doesn't mean that he can't hear me anymore. And so we believe that. We believe that our imams can hear and see us as we have in the ziyara of other imams as well. We have this famous line that says, "Ashhadu annaka tasma'u kalami wa tashhadu maqami." That when we are entering the shrines of the imams, uh, we will say that I bear witness that you hear what my words and that you see my standing before you. It's not like the imams uh, are totally disconnected from this life because they have left this dunya. No, we believe that is not the case. So. If we are saying salam to Imam Hussain it is because we believe that he hears us, he is alive and he sees us. Um, even some of these ziyarat, they have an extra line in addition to Ashhadu annaka tasma'u kalami wa tashhadu maqami. Uh, some of them you'll find that say wa taruddu salami, you're even responding to my salam. Of course we can't hear that salam that they are mentioning. Although there are some stories of some of these greats who say that they have heard um, the greeting or the response of the imam to them but all in all usually for us normal people uh, we're not hearing that response but we do believe that according to this line that i just mentioned that the imams are you know responding to our salam and they are welcoming us when we are visiting them and inshallah allah gives us tawfiq to visit them more and more and their and their shrines so that's one point another point here is that what does salam even mean? Let's break that down a little bit. When we say assalamu alaikum, not just to the imam, just in general to anybody, what does salam mean? Let's define salam. Different things have been said here. That when you say salamu alaikum, you're mentioning the name of God. One of the names of God is salam. Assalamu al-mu'minul muhaymin. One of those names is assalam. But the best thing to say, I would, I would say, is that uh, the definition Okay, the lexical meaning of this term, salam, is soundness and to be safe from any and all harm. So when I say assalamu alaikum to somebody, it means that no harm is going to reach you from, it's not going to reach you from me. Uh, I am very careful that only peace uh, is coming from me to you. And maybe that's why we translate assalamu alaikum to peace, peace be unto you. Because peace only happens when everything is going well, everything is sound, and there is no harm. So that is peace. That is the definition of peace. So when we say assalamu alaikum, it means that yes, you can expect only good from me. And maybe this is one of the reasons why then then one of the names of Allah is Assalam, because He is the one who protects His creation from all harm. Now, having covered these two points, there's one last point regarding assalamu alaikum, 
Um, and we will cover the Ya Aba Abdullah part, inshallah, in our next uh, session. But there's one more point regarding Assalamu Alaik that I want to mention here, which I feel is maybe the most important one. And this can be found in the commentaries of Ziyarat Ashura. They've pointed out that, and I'm going to quote, I'm going to actually quote them on this. It says that um, we need to be truthful when we say Salam. I can't say salam to somebody while I know that I'm going to be harming them, you know, after that. Right? That that I might say it, but that's not me being truthful. I'm not being truthful in my salam when I say salam to that person. Person. These uh, scholars have mentioned, and, and I quote: "Therefore, what is meant by salam is total soundness from every angle." As a result, so when it says every angle, let me explain this. It means, yeah, of course, I'm not going to hurt them physically, but I'm not going to hurt them in any other way either from every angle. So he goes on to say, as a result, the za'ir who stands before the sacred shrine of the infallible imam, or the one who sends his salam from afar, needs to make sure he or she is truthful in the salam they are giving, both verbally and practically which means they shouldn't have anything in them that bothers or hurts the imam, whether during the ziyara or afterwards. Okay, so someone might ask, well, what do you mean? He says, he goes on to say, when we pay attention to the fact that the goal the infallible imams had in life was solely to bring about good reform and guidance for the people and to elevate tawheed and promote the spirit of servitude, ubudiyah, and obedience towards Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, when we pay attention to this, we will understand that they are definitely hurt when they see bad spiritual traits in us, such as greed, arrogance, riyah, riyah meaning like insincerity, where we do things for other than Allah, we show off with our good deeds for others, ujb, you know, being proud of yourself, stinginess, proud, being proud of yourself, you know, can be good and sometimes can be bad. This ujb, when they say ujb, it is that kind of pride that you have in you that is negative. Uh, when you feel too good about yourself as if you're the one in charge of everything, as if you're doing everything good, as if there's nothing wrong with you, things like that. Stinginess and love of positions and wealth in us. So he's saying that we'll understand that they're definitely hurt. If we understand the goal and mission that the Ahl bayt had, the Ma'sumin had, the Holy Prophet had, then we will know for sure that these are things that hurt them because they go against the goal they were trying to achieve with us they came for one purpose and that was to push us in the direction of ubudiyah of Allah Allah says in the Quran that I did not create man and jinn except for one thing I want one thing from them ubudiyah be my abd now some will translate this to you know only worship me whatever you take it as Worship won't work if you're not a servant of God. Correct? And so, at the end of the day, we have to be his abds, his servants, his slaves. A slave will only care about one thing, and that is to keep and maintain the satisfaction of the Lord. Okay, so Allah says, look, this is what I expect of you. To be my servants, to go about your with your lives, with my, uh, keeping my satisfaction in mind and living up to that. So the Imams and the Prophet when they come, that is what they're going to be after. And if they see us failing in that, then for sure that is going to hurt them. So, 
if I am saying salam to the Imam and I'm saying assalamu alayka ya Aba Abdullah and that means that oh Imam you can expect no harm from me you can expect that I will never hurt you then if I really want to be truthful in this salam that I am uh, saying to the Imam I have to try my best to live up to their expectations as much as possible to follow their example now this does not mean of course that if somebody is struggling with sins is struggling with obedience of god in life you know messes up every now and then um, that they should not say salam to the imam no no that is not meant either what is meant here is that yes there will be different grades of salam that one can say to the imam there will be a lower grade of it which is also very valuable and that is that a person who's struggling with sin and disobedience says salam to the imam but if someone really wants to please the imam and of course in the pleasure of the imam lies the pleasure of allah and and vice versa um then what they need to do is inshallah try to be as careful as they can to follow the example of that imam they are sending salam to in order to to, to be very truthful in the salam that they are saying to him inshallah allah gives us tawfiq to be of the truthful ones in this regard. Walhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen. Wassalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.